0: Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit ilovescbc.org. morning Community Baptist Church family. How's everyone doing? It's good to be able to worship with you in spirit uh, this morning together as one. Uh, It's an honor and privilege to really be able to uh, bring God's Word for you all this morning so I invite you to join me in prayer as we ask God to illuminate our hearts gracious God we do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from your mouth make us hungry for this heavenly food so that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord the bread of heaven that we pray and all God's people say amen If we live in a, uh, we, it seems to me that 2020 has been a time where it seems like we are living in a hopeless world. We live in a time when people think there is no hope. We live in a time where the economy, unemployment, world pandemic, uh, tumultuous election season, division, and division, riots, protests systemic racism, we live in a time where a lot of things make it seem like there is no hope. Where do you find hope? Well, some people might find hope in their job, knowing that their income is going to provide for their family. Some people might find hope in their families and their loved ones. Some people might find hope in, joy in, what, in doing what they love and serving the church. Some people might find hope in that extracurricular activity. And that hobby. Right? Some people might find hope in the fact that I, that the Boston Red Sox has a better team than the New York Yankees. Don't tell my New York church family that I said that. But whether it's our relationships, whether it's our homes, whether it's our communities or jobs, we tend to always be looking for hope. Right? On the flip side, when we are full of hope, it seems like we're in a good place. But yeah, it seems like we're on a journey looking for hope because hope is so important. Hopelessness takes such a negative toll on our entire being—mental, emotional, physical, uh, you know, psychological, spiritual—you name it. But when we are full of hope, it feels like we're in a good place. So, how can you define hope? Dictionary.com says, "Hope as a noun is a feeling of expectation." And desire for a certain thing to happen. A feeling of trust. Hope as a verb is to want something to happen or be the case. But for people of faith as we anticipate the coming of our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords. We have the privilege to experience hope like nobody else can. We have the privilege to experience the power of the resurrection hope. You see, for us people of faith, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. Hope is the confident expectation in knowing that there is strength in His faithfulness. That even when all seems bleak, we can say, but the Lord. Even when all seems hopeless, we can say, but the Lord. Even when we are grieving, even in our lament, even in our anguish, we can declare and say, but the Lord. In our passage this morning, Peter starts us off and reminds us with the words, Praising the Lord. He praises the Lord. Verse 3, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This was like a cause and effect. As Peter was considering about salvation... His immediate response was simply to praise Him, not praise Him because of a circumstance, not praise Him because of a, a situation, not praise Him because of a certain a monetary gift or a you know, physical materialistic gift. He was praising Him for the fact that He is our God. He was praising Him for the fact that He is full of mercy. He was praising Him for the fact that there is hope because He is our God of hope. He is our God of love. He is our Jehovah Jireh. He is our Jehovah Nissi see, He is our great I Am. He was praising Him because He is God. You see, when you go to funerals of people that do not have faith, it's incredibly disheartening. Because people all around seem hopeless as they grieve the loss of a loved one. But if you go to uh, somebody's funeral who had strong faith, it's like a celebration of life. It's a homegoing service. There is, there is the sense of hope, right, that we're gonna see this person again. In that grief, there is a sense of hope that there is the hope of the resurrection, that the expectation that it's not a goodbye, it's not a farewell, but it's a see you later, see you soon, and very soon. When you see someone on their deathbed, and I don't know if you've been there before, but it's 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 incredibly. It can be an incredibly heavy moment or an incredibly uplifting moment. Because if you see someone on their deathbed and they are unsure of their salvation, they look scared out of their minds. They look so afraid. They look so fearful. But if you have been by the deathbed of someone singing hymns and they look so peaceful knowing what is to come, Having a peace that surpasses all understanding, knowing where they will be, having the assurance of salvation and and the assurance of hope, we can see what living hope is. You see, a peace that surpasses all understanding that shows through their face. That's why we can praise Him, even in the dark times, even in the, the grief of a, uh, uh, and, and the loss of a loved one. That's why we can praise Him, even in the darkest valleys of the shadow of death. That's why we can praise Him. A member of our prayer team at our church uh, came to me one day and said, Pastor, it seems like the prayer request list just keeps going up. It seems like it's never going down. And they look flustered and frustrated, and I told them, I said, listen, maybe we shouldn't be frustrated. Maybe we should be filled with gratitude. And maybe we should be saying, thank you, Jesus, for being at work. Maybe this is Jesus' way of saying and showing us, I want to be at work for you that much more because I love you. He's getting ready to work on these prayer requests. And the more prayer requests there are, the more He is at work for us. So that's why we can say thank you, Jesus, for being at work for us. Even when bad things happen to good people, we as people of faith can say thank you, Jesus. We can say thank you, Jesus, even in the the worst situation possible. Let's go back to our passage in verse 3. It says, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I invite you to turn to the person next to you if you're worshiping with somebody else and say, living hope. Remind them, living hope. Peter's trying to teach us about what it means to be saved and what it means to live saved. So much about knowing your salvation, there's a difference in knowing and living out. Your salvation. Peter is trying to remind us that we not only have hope due to salvation, but we also have a living hope. Thanks to God, our Father, Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, to die and rise again from the dead. We have this living hope. A living hope that is alive and well. A living hope that is given new birth. Here, Peter is recognizing the new believers are indeed new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. Because we have eternal life in a Savior who conquered death himself. You see, that hope lives because it's set upon an inheritance that can never fade away. Because it's reserved in heaven. People often forget the gravity of Christ's death and resurrection. We take it for granted many days, many weeks, and a year. And we're reminded of it uh, once a year on that Hallmark calendar day of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. But you see, it's not supposed to be a a once-a-year celebration. It's not supposed to be a a once-a-year reminder. It's supposed to be every moment of our lives, every breath that we take, every step that we take. Remembering the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's power in death and resurrection. Thousands of years ago, that death and resurrection, it worked. It was alive. It was well And God was at work. Thousands of years later, it's still at work. It's still powerful to the point where Jesus Christ does not need to come back. And and, well, he will come back, but he does not need to come back to try to fix up what he missed the first time around. That death and resurrection is still alive and well. There is no expiration date. We talked about it, Right? Over and over again in this passage and in this in this sermon so far, the power of the of Jesus defeating death is a clear evidence of the almighty power that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has lived out. Going back to our passage in verse four, it teaches us that we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you. That inheritance is for you. It's for us. That inheritance can never perish, spoil, or fade. It's for us. It's for His beloved. We live in that hope. Think about an, uh, a will or an inheritance. In the worldly sense. Anytime if you want that will or inheritance, you want that person dead so you can receive that inheritance. That's exactly what happened with the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son wanted a father dead so that he can get that inheritance. But instead... He took that inheritance even without worrying about His Father. But when we think about inheritance, especially in the spiritual sense, we already have that inheritance. We are already gifted with that inheritance because of not what we did, but because of what Christ did for us and what this Holy Spirit is doing for us. You see, the Gospel hope... It's never expiring. It's it's kind of it's kind of a one and done deal. It's done. We don't need to go back for a renewal. We don't need to go back, right, to try to uh, you know renew our library. Uh, you know our, our salvation. No, what Jesus did, it's one and done. It's it, it's it is finished. We are set free. We have gospel hope. We have been unshackled, by, by the power of the cross. We have gospel hope that is alive and well. The living Word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword, right? God's Word is alive. It's like the movie, I don't know if you've seen the movie A Beautiful Mind, when, when the mathematician, the words and numbers start coming out of his book and it's all over the place. It's kind of like what it is. The Bible is living and active. It's not just a little history book or encyclopedia book. That's why this inheritance can never perish. It can never die, no matter how bleak the circumstances can be. That inheritance, Scripture promises, will never die. It will never, ever spoil. I don't know about you, but have you had food in your kitchen go bad before? Has it spoiled so quickly before? Nine out of ten times, we'll know that it smells when it spoils. Why? Because Christ didn't safeguard it on the earth for us. He kept it in heaven for us. That's why we know that this living hope is not going to spoil. It's not going to go bad because it's imperishable. Looking carefully, Peter didn't really describe our actual inheritance. If you look at a will, you're going to be able to see the exact details on what goes to who, who goes to what, and But here, Peter isn't really describing our inheritance in a worldly sense. He's only describing what is not our inheritance because our inheritance in the spiritual sense is something too great for even him to describe. An inheritance that can never fade away. An Inher- Inheritance, scripture says, is a gift from God himself. God gives himself to us now. Our inheritance begins here and now. But you see, we utilize that to turn people away from church many times. oh, if you if you don't accept this gospel hope from all, then all uh, all hell will be loose on you and and all agonies of hell will be upon you, and you're going to hell, right? But rather than share with them in love and compassion, all the glories of heaven, they will miss. There's too many Christians that distort evangelism and they just yell. You know, fire and brimstone. And you're missing out on the promise of our inheritance. The promise of our faith is because of God's power in keeping this hope alive and well for us. You see, the promise of our inheritance and this living hope is certain because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because our God is almighty. We are gifted this faith that enables us to endure and push through, yearning for Christ. Faith activates the preserving power of God in the life of all Christians. We need faith in order to understand gospel hope. We need faith in order to witness and see living hope. We need faith in order to see that this inheritance that we have been gifted with is not here on this earth, but stored in heaven. We can't look for hope in the wrong places because hope is alive and well and breathing in our hearts. I'll end with this. Uh, Dear... A uh, professor of mine from seminary, who has gone on to be with the Lord, uh, testified one day in a classroom to us about his brother. His beloved brother had walked away from the church, was hurt by the church, and walked away from the Lord. It was his entire family's uh, prayer request for his to him to return back home. He was a prodigal. He lived a life, a worldly life. But God continued to hear their prayers. But you see, his family didn't think God was listening to their prayers. Because as that brother turned 25, 30, 35, he wasn't budging. He didn't come back to the Lord. Mom and dad later on passes on. By the time they hit their age, 65, 70, 75, God wasn't still listening to those prayers, or at least that's what they thought. But you know, God's hope is living and active. God had already called him his beloved. Later on at the age of 78, that brother came back to Christ. It took more than 50 years, but those prayers and stop yeah of course there were probably moments of despair but God's hope is living and active it might not take it might not take the time that we think see we see fit but God is a god of, of perfection and he led that family in the path that God saw fit yeah of course that um, that mom and dad, Didn't live here on earth long enough to witness that son come back to the Lord. But all the siblings were not afraid to testify of that salvation story over and over and over again. It took more than 50 years. But for them, they ended up realizing it took just the right amount of years that God saw fit. Community Baptist family, be reminded. That God's hope is living and active, even during this time. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the power of the gospel. We thank you so much for the power of your word. Lord, I pray a special blessing uh, over the community, Baptist Church family. Would you protect them? Keep them safe, Lord. If there's somebody uh, that is listening to your word this morning, and it needs to be reminded that Hope is alive and well. Father, I pray that you may you may be near to them. And Father, I pray that you may remind them that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, bless us now, uh, and uh, bless the rest of the service, O Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say, Amen.